Hi everyone, and welcome to the 192nd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. Churro, how you doing? I am, I'm doing pretty good. I'm on vacation from work right now. That's, that's, that's good. I, I, I kind of am too. Has uh, how's vacation life been treating you? It, you know, all things considered, it's it's really weird because normally I'm used to taking my vacation to do something to go yeah, somewhere. You're right. I've never really took a vacation to stay home. I've I've always got to use my vacation, like whether it's E3, San Diego Comic Con, yeah. the KBA event, PAX, etc. And it's like so weird not to be going out and doing something. Right, it's, yeah. It's a we live in a strange new world now. All you know, a lot of people in quarantine. So I've been I've been just been streaming on my Twitch account. That's good. So I just hit I finally I hit fifty one subscribers today, so I'm very happy. About oh, awesome! That. So if That's you haven't, a lot, man. yeah, if you haven't subscribed, twitch.tv slash ichiro, all one word. Sweet. And hint, wink, wink. Please, thank you. Yeah, sounds great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't want this podcast to be a Debbie Downer podcast talking about too much of the uh, coronavirus. I, I hope for, you know, for all of you listening, especially if you're just stuck in quarantine, not doing anything, like listening to the podcast can be like something chill that you can do. Uh, needless to say, I'll just g- give you all an update on what... It's like, at least out here in Japan, just because, you know, it might be a little bit different than uh, it is for you wherever you're from. So, at least for here now, so at time of recording, it's uh, April 5th. Uh, As of April 6th, as far as I know, I've not heard any announcements to the contrary, but as far as I know, uh, schools will finally go back in session uh, for the most part in full in Japan nationwide uh, tomorrow, the 6th of April. Um, in terms of cases, I think uh, Japan is definitely a lot less than uh, the United States in terms of cases, but it's not that it's going, it, it isn't going down. Cases are still rising. Um but as far as we know, um, yeah, not as bad as some other countries like the U.S., but still getting worse. Um, there's no stay-at-home order so far. Um, occasionally, the government will just be like, yeah, you should probably not go outside, pl- pretty please. So that's the closest we've got. And uh, at least as far as I know, like, I still see people outside. I still see kids playing outside together. Not really seen as too big a deal, but yeah, we'll see how things go. Uh, Other than that, things are, you know, if you didn't know what was going on and you just walked outside, you wouldn't know anything was going on. Like, that's what it's kind of like here. I will say, and and Churro, I want to get your perspective on this. Okay. I want to tell you about a new drink that has hit Japan. I don't know if it's popular. Is it Mountain Dew? I don't know if it's just me that likes this. Is it Mountain Dew? No. Okay. But Mountain Dew is around. Okay. So 
this is uh this is a type of coffee uh, I'll, I'll just say it is a uh uh actually i think this is a brand that america doesn't have despite the fact this is actually a coca-cola branded coffee i'll just start there does, uh, does coca-cola have about. coffee in the states not that i know of okay so in japan coca-cola has a coffee brand called georgia which i think i've I read think- an article about that yeah, so Georgia Coffee. Now, Georgia, is, you know, the state Georgia, that's where, you know, that's the headquarters of Coca-Cola as a company. Now, recently, they've introduced a new kind of uh, coffee. And, uh, Chur, I'm going to pitch you this this name. And I want your instant reaction of what you think about how delicious this might be. Coffee jelly. Coffee jelly? Yeah. <laughs> yes coffee jelly i can tell you it it's it's very weird in concept and as far as i can understand there are many people divided on the subject of if this drink is a good drink or not um i'm going to describe it to you and i want to get what you feel about it so so this coffee jelly it is a cold coffee uh inside there is actual coffee drink coffee but then there is also now this this might just be a, a matter of like difference in culture, but in Japan, jelly is not like grape jelly or jam like we think of jelly in America. Their jelly is more like gelatin, like jello. So imagine jello, but flavored like coffee inside of a drink of coffee. How are you feeling about it so far? Uh, it's, I'm curious to try, but from you describing it to me, I don't yeah. think that worked. That don't, it doesn't sound like it, it would mesh together. Honestly. Right? Okay. So now I'm going to describe to you how you drink it. Cause this part is kind of funny. So, so you order it, you know, you can get it. It'll occasionally be in vending machines. And actually this is something that you, that sometimes you'll see in like persona. I know it was a thing in Persona 3 where there was like a whole quest line of ordering like all the all the drinks that are possible to get. Certain vending machines in Japan will have certain drinks and some drinks are rare and currently coffee jelly is one of the rare ones. I've seen it so far in two vending machines in my town and one vending machine in Nagasaki City. Did you try it? Uh, so yes, I actually have a bottle with me right now and I already drank it. Um Thankfully, uh, the grocery store that is near my apartment, they sell it just out and about. Like, it's just there. They have a bunch. I've I've uh, been strong not to buy them out of their stock. I want it to spread as a, uh, a positive thing. Um, so here's how you drink it. So inside when you buy it, the jelly's in there, and it's like a big clump of jelly. So how do you drink it out of a bottle if <laughs> if it's stuck in there as a big clump? Uh, you shake the bottle. I'm guessing there's some kind of contraption in there to pierce it and it breaks up the jelly. So when you're actually drinking it, here's what happens. Little globs. That's the best way I could describe it. Little globs of coffee, jelly and coffee go down your throat. (laughs) It's a very interesting texture. It's, it's, it's it's almost like boba. Yes. Okay, it's it's like a boba kind of a coffee, but the coffee is, you know, filled with jelly that is flavored like coffee. It's coffee jelly. 
So that's the that's that's the drink in a nutshell. It's a sweet coffee, not bitter. Um a lot of caffeine. So it'll wake you up and addict you, I guess. It's uh I recommend it. If anybody, well, I don't know if anybody can come to Japan anymore under the circumstances, but if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend at least trying coffee jelly. It is a uh it's a very odd but satisfying drink. It's basically what uh Simba said when he ate a grub in, in Lion King. That's that's basically the experience there. Churro, are are you intrigued by coffee jelly? Do you think it, do you think you'd be interested in it? Actually, I wouldn't mind trying it. I mean, hey, what doesn't, you know, kill you make you stronger as they exactly say. that's <laughs> that's that's the exact Cl- kelly clarkson i need so yeah i highly recommend coffee jelly do you think this would be popular in america though i don't think so probably not yeah this Though is the there, kind of i thing mean that... i do get jelly of sometimes drinks that happen in japan that we should bring over yeah. sometimes like star they get some really cool exclusive starbucks flavors and i get yeah. jealous. i will say just uh on the side like this kind of a drink where there's jelly inside of a drink. Uh, there are other drinks that are like this, but it's usually not coffee. It's more like a juice or something like that. Like there's a really uh, popular, like it's kind of like a lemon drink thing. And it's kind of marketed as like a, a vitamin C supplement. Like a lot of people drink it like when they're, fe- when they're feeling sick. And that will be like, it's a lemon kind of a juice thing and then inside there's like little globs of like a lemon gelatin and even for someone like me i don't even like lemon flavor all that much it's really good and uh yeah i usually drink it when i feel sick so you know i i think japan does a little bit better prime for this sort of a drink all right anyway for you new folks kingdom hearts union is part of the podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union as is presented by the gaming union network we release every tuesday rotating each week with final fantasy union and we come out on the itunes store spotify kingdomheartsunion.com and kingdom hearts union's twitter which is at kh union and in this episode we have a two segment show our first segment is a news segment wait what there's news this there. time yes kinda i mean most of the news is kind of old but it is new and clarified with new details so yes we do actually have actual news there is an actual tetsuya nomura interview that was actually new and actually done recently so uh yes finally we do have a new segment properly and uh, after that, we do have a question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Nahika Blawi, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin, Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro. Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero. Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181. Thorn Bullen, who's at Massacre 23. And Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have Yannick Nod, who is at Yannick Nod. Toy Patrick. Freya Stella. Fayez Baali. Flipser Nuss. Lewis James. Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22. 
Zach Duranto, Yam Potato Exclamation Point, Rachel Casterton, who is at Uber Nguyen Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, and Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show! Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And just as a reminder, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind Spoilers are fair game. And in this episode, we will definitely be talking about some Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind Spoilers. So if you haven't played it yet, I highly recommend you do. All right, on to the news. So, Churro, there was a uh, there was actually an interview in uh, Dengeki and, uh, 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 of Tetsuya Nomura. I'm assuming that it was mostly for... You know, the 7 remake, of course, because that's coming out very soon. Uh, but uh, there was actually some uh, questions regarding Kingdom Hearts 3 and Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. So that was uh, actually a pleasant surprise, really. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it kind of it kind of did wasn't for me. I mean, I knew they were going to kind of inquire about it, even if Nomura's answer would be vague. I mean, come on, think about it. They, they always ask Nomura about his other projects... Even though he, yeah, he's not do. working on it, so yeah, leave it to uh, leave it to Dengeki to get the goods on that. So uh, yeah, uh, in terms of the uh, uh, questions in the interview, I guess like the main questions uh, st- started off with uh, talking about just the basics of Reminds, and Nomura just clarified that um, the uh, the main point of Remind as a whole was to give players a different perspective on the final area of the game. And basically through player feedback, they found that uh, it seemed like players wanted to know more about what was happening there, but it was kind of hard to do with, with only the perspective of Sora. So that was kind of their goal with uh, Kingdom Hearts Remind was to give players a new perspective on what was going on there and use that as an opportunity to show more about that final part of Kingdom Hearts 3, which, yep, that's pretty much exactly what Kingdom Hearts Remind was. So pretty uh, straightforward. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, moving on from there, there was a question about data battles, but it was kind of a on the nose. We hope you enjoyed the Tato battles. Uh, yeah, sure. I guess. Yeah. About that. Yeah. About that. I never beat, I only beat like five. And like, and like, I'm just not a patient kingdom hearts player. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. He was basically like, we didn't want to disappoint people by making them too easy. Well, I think you disappointed people by making them too hard. Cause I'm not, I I just don't think I'll ever beat them. That's why I had to go through the entire game with the easy codes on and just one shot yep. at everything. Yep, pretty much. So uh, yeah, moving on uh, from there, the next big question. Now this would be like a yeah, this is probably like the highlight of the interview. I would say is a question about uh, the secret episode and talking about the stuff in Verum Rex. And Nomura goes on to clarify that while Verum Rex may seem like verses, you know, uh, it definitely is a very different thing. Now, this is a sentiment that Nomura has put out in the past, but he actually goes into a bit more detail. And I'll uh, I'll actually read the quote directly from uh, the interview. This uh, translation comes uh, from KH13, by the way. So thanks to them. Uh, so Nomura's response to... Uh, 
So let me actually quickly read uh, what the the interviewer asked specifically. So about the uh, about the secret episode, who would have thought that Yozora, a character that just appeared as a video game character in the toy box uh, in the game in toy box, would appear? Uh, that was certainly a surprise we didn't expect. Tell me, is he going to be an important character that influences the plot of the series? And then Namora responds. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about Yozora. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about how Yozora is very similar to how Noctis looks in Versus, in the Versus series. But, as someone who directed the title and knows all the story that was planned, I can tell you, I can tell you this. The world of Varimrex and Versus are very different. There is still a lot of unanswered questions, with one being, what is the connection between Verum Rex and Kingdom Hearts 3? All I can say is the plot advance is as the plot advances, it will surely be an unexpected development. So, yeah, I guess the the real highlights of Nomura's response is him reiterating the fact that, you know, trust me on this, I'm the guy that directed versus. I know what was going to be in Versus. And I'm the guy handling all this Ferrum Rex stuff. I created this too. And I know what goes into, I know all behind the scenes of what Ferrum Rex is. And I'm just going to let you know right from the get-go that these two things are very separate and they're very different. And then he also, yeah, so he wants to be very clear about that, even though it's very obvious that, you know, that's what he's, channeling right now is the the versus stuff but he also goes on to say and to push further uh, a different aspect or, or a different thought is the fact that uh you know instead of worrying so much about how this looks like versus maybe you should worry more about like the uh, you know some of the other unanswered questions such as what what's the connection between what Verum Rex is and Kingdom Hearts 3 as far as we know you know, uh, you know, in terms of like Kingdom Hearts plot, the only thing we know about Kingdom Hearts plot that explains this is world lines, that this would be a separate world line. So I think pretty much everybody that is fully caught up on Kingdom Hearts lore and has seen, you know, all the story that has been revealed through Union Cross, I, I think pretty much everybody can agree on at least that much that, you know, this is an example that we're seeing of someone crossing into a different world line, you know, Sora and then possibly also Verum Rex or uh, possibly also Yuzora. So we've got at least that much, you know, what's the connection? Well, it's a different world line, but is there a deeper connection? And I think that's kind of what Namor is getting at here is that there's something deeper there because as he said, uh, all I can say is as the plot advances, it will surely be an unexpected development. So there's clearly uh, an important thing that, uh, you know, he can't reveal quite yet. And I think, Churro, we, we've talked about what this connection could be. And there's been speculation that, you know, maybe all of this is leading up to, you know, the Nomura cinematic universe. You know, basically all the ideas that that Nomura had for games in the past, but didn't get, 
to actually realize but now that kingdom hearts is a big successful series and he can basically do whatever he wants with the main plot of the game he can basically shove in all that stuff so it pretty much sounds like it i mean i'm sure nomura had a lot of ideas for kingdom hearts that he couldn't because remember how nomura didn't expect kingdom hearts to get as popular as it did back all the way in the first game yeah so as you know the years went on you know, Namara finally was like was able to add in things he wasn't normally would you know couldn't before either yeah. either if it's you know because of you know storyline purposes or you know Disney or even you know technology at the time. You know. You know so. what I want to see, Churro? What's that? I I want Lion Sora to be resurrected. His the original. original, the original Lion Sora design. This is his chance. That'd be pretty neat. I mean, especially if you put something like uh, Zootopia in there or something. Yeah. Well, I was thinking not not even just that, but literally a separate character that is Sora from another world line where he was a lion. That that basically this would be a chance for Nomura to explore the early ideas of what Kingdom Hearts was going to be at that time back in the past. Like if they're if, like I'm talking like if they're gonna go this way and like this is gonna be a like a Nomura what if universe or what if game series like that's how crazy I want the what ifs to be I want to be like let's go back let's go back to like not beta Kingdom Hearts let's go to like pre alpha Kingdom Hearts and like let's dig up some of that stuff you know that that's kind of like I mean he's the slowly, direction I'd like to see he's been slowly introducing a lot of you know, old things back in the universe yeah. with the whole very first quote that Sora says when you start up the game. Yep. You know, he's bringing that in for a purpose. And then, like, I don't know if you guys... Do you remember the beta trailer that was released that showed, like, very early footage of the first Kingdom yeah, Hearts game? Yeah, yeah. I, I like, saw you tweet about that, and it was pretty uh, intense. Yeah, when you look at those quotes, you know, they, they, you know, they're saying, you know, that's right, Sora, your body, your heart, and your soul all disappear. And it's all like that's very close to what like yeah you know Master Z- young Master Zaynor told Sora when he was, you know, traveling through the hearts to restore his friend's hearts back. You know, it's like he's pre warning them and all that. And then like then then you fast forward to you know the battle with Yazora. If you lose to him, you know he ends up crystallizing and then disappearing. Yep. So it's like it's very interesting to see Namara bring something from all the way very back from the very first look at Kingdom Hearts till yeah. now. So speaking on that uh, specifically, I got your uh, tweet pulled up. So the specific quote is, and and this is from the beta trailer from like what what was this like back in two thousand one? I think been around, like around yeah, like two thousand one. Like it was before this came out, so or before Kingdom Hearts One came out. That's right, Sora. Your body, your soul, your whole existence—they're all going to disappear. Come on, guys, we've got to save Sora. Please, Sora, don't go. Like, everything about that, like, very clearly, like, this was a trailer for Kingdom Hearts 1, but none of that, none of any of that happened in Kingdom Hearts 1. Like, like, none of those ideas were used in Kingdom Hearts 1 whatsoever. So, it's pretty interesting that, yeah, like you bring up, like, Maybe this was always an idea that Nomura had from way back that he wanted to have Sora, you know, fade out of existence. It's uh, really, really interesting to see that, you know, 
something like this is, uh, you know, the case. I would really love to see, like, you know, this is why, Churro, like, I wish we had more opportunities to interview Nomura because, like, this is this is cl- the, one of those classic things that no magazine would ever ask. No magazine would ever even know to ask that only, like, fans like us would actually have the, you know, the context to know to ask this sort of stuff. This is the sort of stuff I want to hear about. Because, like, because we, we always know that publications always ask safe questions. Yeah, they so always it's like, do. It's, it's only up to, like, fans like ourselves who really would yeah. try to kind of get something and, out of him. And And I'll just say, like, you know, the only thing that I would want to ask Namora is, like, you know, is this particular plot idea when you were writing Kingdom Hearts 3, was this something that you had in mind? Did you purposefully bring this back or is it just a coincidence that this lines up so much? Like, that's all I want to know. It's a simple yes, no question. I don't want spoilers. I don't want spoilers for the future of the series. I'm just curious. Like, was this something he had always had in mind as a plot point that he's now finally realizing that he had the chance to do in Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. is definitely also the kind of director where he's like, you guys are thinking way too much into it. Like, he's he's also that kind of director as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if this it means completely nothing. I would also not be surprised if it does mean something because, you know, just look at the more recent developments in uh, Union Cross and you can see there's some stuff that are like, real old throwback content that is like kingdom as old as kingdom hearts one that is finally getting its proper explanation all these years later. So I wouldn't put it past Nomura, you know, almost 20 years later, like I wouldn't put it past them that this could be something. I would also not put it past them that it could be nothing, but yeah, that's the sort of thing that only, you know, fans like us would even think to ask. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's an interest, you know, it's an interesting thing, like this whole Verum Rex thing and Yulzora and what the connection is, uh, you know, I'm really, uh, eager to see what that's, uh, gonna end up being. So the, the final, uh, question that, uh, relates to Kingdom Hearts stuff, uh, he, uh, Nomura actually clarifies quite a bit related to, uh, Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. Uh, so basically he says that, so yeah, King of Hearts Dark Road, it's going to be, you know, a, a, an, you know, an additional thing that's added into the Kingdom Hearts Union Cross app. You can think of it as a separate branch, so to speak. Uh, and in addition to that, he wanted to clarify about, um, the, uh, teams that are working on this. And specifically, he went on to say that the team that's working on Dark Road is actually the same as the team that's working on Union Cross, but you could sort of think of it as a division within that team that's focusing on Dark Road. So kind of like a subunit of the Union Cross team is focused on Dark Road. So... Uh, back in the, uh, you know, 13 Darknesses uh, interview, he was talking about the fact that there were several teams working on Kingdom Hearts projects. And, uh, you know, he, he was, he went on to clarify that, uh, yeah, that, you know, there are four, basically four teams working on Kingdom Hearts projects. So I'm guessing 
what this could mean, Churro, is that if there's four teams working on Kingdom Hearts things, but only one team is focused on both Union Cross and Dark Road, that could mean, now that we got that clarity, that apart from Union Cross and Dark Road, there are three other Kingdom Hearts projects in production at the moment. So that's, you know, that's exciting. Like, the it f- is. Like, yeah. having that clarity. I mean, basically, it's good that, you know, we might, we're going to get more Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. <laughs> Often, and it's like, we don't have to sit around and wait five, six years anymore. Yeah. Okay, so actually now reading this uh, interview a little bit further, uh, actually in the interview he clarifies, it is it is actually only two, sorry. <laughs> so, only two? Yeah, so he says uh, there's two other projects, and one of them is going to be brought to light pretty soon. Oh, wait, no, that's... Let me see if I can clarify. So this is, uh, this is all on... Uh, uh, on cage 13 and the formatting is a little uh hard to follow so the f- i'll just read this in full and then you can take for it what you will okay so uh interview question so right right so alongside remind a new title kingdom hearts dark road will be coming out this spring could you tell us more about it and then Namora responds the team developing kingdom hearts dark road is the same one that developed kingdom hearts union cross but I guess you could say they're a different division. Although it will be an application added to the Kingdom Hearts Union app, it's a branch of its own. Uh, Dark Road focuses on Xehanort's past, and I'm sure you heard that it'll bring your attention to the question, why did he become the Seeker of Darkness? Also, I said this already in the 7 Questions of Light and 13 Questions of Darkness interviews that I answered with Tayasue, the co-director, on, on Twitter. The Dark Road project by the Kingdom Hearts Union Cross team isn't the only one we have been developing. There are two other projects, and one of them will be brought to light pretty soon. We just ask for your patience a little bit more. So I'm guessing that means that no, there, there, <laughs> there's only two. So I'm guessing, I mean, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, Churro, like what other projects could be in production. You know, uh, Nomura has already, at least in the Kingdom Hearts 3 Ultimania, has name-dropped Kingdom Hearts 4. He name-dropped it. But he name-dropped it as a hypothetical game he's like if we ever you know if we do make a kingdom hearts 4 there would be at least one title that releases in between that and the release of king and the release of kingdom hearts 4 uh or the release of kingdom hearts 3 and the release of kingdom hearts 4 there would be at least one title between and that's what he said and he did name drop it in there and it like yeah, it even had like Roman numerals, like it was pretty official. So I'm guessing, you know, going by that logic, it's possible that, you know, hypothetically speaking, if Kingdom Hearts 4 is in development, then it could be middle game and Kingdom Hearts 4, and those are the two in development. Or it could be, you know, two middle games, because he did say there's at least one game that will be in development. 
Yeah, you, you remember how many middle games there were before Kingdom Hearts 3, so... Yeah, there was a ton, so... It's hard to say, but, like, we also need to, you know, remember also that, you know, we're kind of in slightly, you know, an unprecedented part of the Kingdom Hearts, you know, franchise, because Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, big budget console game, very expensive to make, and it finally comes out after many years of development, and then out of nowhere becomes the highest selling or at least the fastest selling Kingdom Hearts game there's ever been. Uh, First Kingdom Hearts game on Game Pass. So now even a lot more people are experiencing it. And yeah, Square Enix does make money through Game Pass. So, you know, Kingdom and now Kingdom Hearts is officially a multi-platform series and it's on, uh, you know, both the PlayStation and the Xbox. Uh, you know, I would say for the first time since the days on the PlayStation 2, Kingdom Hearts is finally very well represented on home consoles again and very well, you know, supported. Uh, we also live in an era of the Nintendo Switch. So far, Kingdom Hearts has not appeared on Nintendo Switch at all. But Nintendo Switch is this really interesting middle ground between mobile development and console development where it's got a lower spec system, but it's definitely a lot closer to being a home console than it is closer to being, a, you know, like a mobile phone. Like it's definitely closer in terms of uh, what you can make for it. And in addition to that, it's got a huge install base. So just, you know, by laws of capitalism, that means they they kind of ha- are obligated to release something Kingdom Hearts related on it. Oh, so yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they've been developing something already for it. So I mean, you got to remember that um going back with uh, the 3DS, remember Nintendo is the one that approached Nomura about making a Kingdom yep. Hearts title for the 3DS. Yep. So, you know, And if you think about it like since Kingdom Hearts has been a thing, Kingdom Hearts has supported every Nintendo platform or every Nintendo handheld. You oh, know, it was no, on no, Game Boy Advance, too, but almost any other platform too. Yeah, just like just about any other platform. I mean, as long as it wasn't Xbox, we've only finally just gotten to Xbox. Pretty much, Xbox and PC have been the only platforms that have really not it's been a, touched. It's, a, it's amazing that Kingdom Hearts was on VR before the Xbox. Right? That's crazy. <laughs> and mobile, too. And mobile. And web and PC, browser. And web browser, too. Yeah, so. web browser, you know, PC via the web browser, but I, I don't personally count that quite yet as PC. But, yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty much everywhere, so... I mean, at least uh, what people are mostly talking about now is, like, you know, the possibility of, uh, you know, Nintendo switch game and i'd say that's pretty reasonable you know just given how successful the switch is how square enix is you know supporting the switch pretty well but with not too many like new titles and i would also point to the fact that you know if you keep the switch in mind releasing a game on the switch doesn't mean you can't release it elsewhere you know just look at atlas and how they handled uh persona 5 scramble you know that was developed with the switch at, as the lowest platform in mind but then they released a, a higher quality version of it on the PlayStation 4 do you think that we'll get like finally get like 
because you know how sometimes you know Kingdom Hearts was mainly exclusive on the PlayStation or or well, let me ref- let me rephrase that. Um, yeah. In the past, Kingdom Hearts games were you know sometimes exclusive on one console at a time when it was released. You know, yeah. Kingdom Hearts One, Kingdom Hearts Two, PlayStation Two, Chain of Memories, the Game Boy Advance, uh, Days DS, Recorded DS, you know, Breath of the Wild, PSP, you know. Street Draw Distance 3DS, you know, they were exclusives for a long time until they made the, you know, the collections. Yep. Do you think that we'll finally have a multiple platform release for a Kingdom Hearts game in the yeah. future? Uh, I I think so. I mean, so Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, did release on Xbox and, and PS4, but it didn't release on every platform. It didn't release on the Switch, didn't release on Wii U. You know, it was only those two. Uh, I think... So long as Square Enix has the Switch in mind from the get-go, if they do, they can release on absolutely everything all at once. They can release on Xbox, they can release on PS4, they can release on Switch, the exact same game, they can do it on all platforms. But, and this is the downside, it has to support Switch from the get-go, and that's going to limit what they can do with that game. It's not going to be as crazy as Kingdom Hearts 3. They can't do all the stuff that they did on Kingdom Hearts 3. That's why Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, there was that, you know, rumor from Imran Khan from the past of, you know, Kingdom Hearts was 3 was determined to be infeasible. Well, that's because they didn't think about the Switch because Switch wasn't a thing at the time that they were planning Kingdom Hearts 3 as a whole. So things like, you know, the big open world areas, there's those could just like not be possible. So I think if the current switch that we have today, if that's going to be brought in mind, you have to consider that that's the new baseline of what, you know, can be done with that Kingdom Hearts game. So I'm sure they'll go above and beyond. They always do. I mean, the Osaka team did amazing things for the 3DS and for the PSP. Like, it's definitely not out of the question that they could do amazing things with it i'm not saying that they aren't i'm just saying that you have to keep in mind that uh before you know with kingdom hearts 3 the lowest that console they had to support was the base xbox one that was the lowest level console they had to support if they add the switch into that the switch portable mode is the new low end and you know you can't just forget that switch is a portable console so it needs to be a game that can be portable as well so um you know it's the multi-platform development is all about what they call the lowest common denominator whatever the worst basically whatever the weakest link is you're only you're only as fast as your slowest runner that's the switch so if the switch is added in you know, just bear in mind that it's probably not going to be as ambitious of a game. But if it's just a side game, you know, like people are talking about the possibility of having a Kyrie game. And, you know, if that's just a side game, then that's actually probably a good opportunity, you know, to do that anyway. So, you know, just something to keep in mind. But yeah, Churro, uh, to, you know, go back to what you were saying about multi-platform, absolutely. And, you know, this is such a great opportunity because Switch supports Unreal Engine 4. So... But the only Unreal Engine side to it, it's just, it's just not as powerful as the Xbox and PlayStation. Exactly. Unless so they come as, out with a Switch Pro. Yeah. You know. But even then, like, 
you know, if pro consoles for Nintendo are handled like they are for Sony and uh, Microsoft, it's still kind of the same problem where you have to always consider that you have to support that lowest console. And then once you've got that and once it's running well on that lowest level platform, then for the other ones, you can make it look nicer. You can make it, you know, higher resolution. You can make it, you know, cleaner image quality, higher frame rate, you know, whatever you want to do that's not like, you know, more ambitious than what's already there. Like it can be a cleaner version. What it, it can be a cleaner version of what is on the handheld version of the switch, but it can't be something that the switch can't do. So for example, no open world, no pirates of the Caribbean, nothing, nothing on that level. But if you want something like twilight town where it's like kind of enclosed areas and like, yeah, they're, it's seamless, but it doesn't it doesn't really extend for that long. Like no one part of that world is too big. Then yeah, you can do that. I'll 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 just point out that uh there is a really good Square Enix Unreal Engine for Switch game that they did miracles with that game, and that is Dragon Quest Eleven. And they did a really good job. They there are you know, it is a very beautiful game and it is I would say at least somewhat ambitious. It doesn't feel like a handheld game, but it absolutely does work in handheld mode. But, you know, it's it's also not an action game, so it doesn't need to, you know, it doesn't have Sora bouncing around the, you know, like crazy around the world doing all kinds of crazy fast action. It's a it was a turn-based RPG from the get-go, so it's while Dragon Quest Eleven is impressive, it it doesn't push the hardware like Kingdom Hearts pushes the hardware. So it's uh left to be determined. But I think it's also important to you know consider at this point that you know while this interview says like things are gonna come to light soon, like Churro, do you think come to light soon could mean? I mean, I know E3 is not going to happen, but do you think E3 time frame we might hear something for Kingdom oh, yeah. Hearts? Oh, yeah, because it's, it's still... doesn't matter if it's, you know, available to the public or not. You know, it, it's basically given these companies their own individual limelight for their own announcements. Yeah. So, you know, what we've seen in the past, you know, and obviously you were there in 2015 when Square Enix had yeah. their own press conference. Yep. You've seen how big they can go with this. Yeah. So I believe that this is Square Enix's time because you have three, you know, released, Reminds released, um, Seven Remake will be released. Yep. You know, Avengers, you know, is still scheduled for September. So, you know, besides and we also Avengers... Gotta, we also got to keep in mind that, I mean, so far we haven't had any confirmations yet, but, I mean, it seems like this E3 is the chance for Sony and Microsoft to finally properly fully reveal their consoles. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with them, but, like, this console generation has been... Or this upcoming console generation... We know so much about the consoles and have been learning so much about the consoles over the past year. 
yet you know sony hasn't shown the design of the box yet and neither company has really shown too much in terms of like actual games running on the platform yet there hasn't been like a full reveal yet we also don't know price points uh you know phil spencer came out recently in an interview it was like you know the price of the xbox series x is going to be a critical factor what the what the hell does that mean so i mean at least you know this time last generation that's when kingdom hearts 3 was announced that's when final fantasy 15 was announced like this could be the and you know like you point out churro seven remakes gonna already be out kingdom hearts all the big kingdom hearts projects are out done we already know about we've already seen all of it so this could potentially be i mean at least for for final fantasy i think whatever naoki yoshida's working on he's been working on that for a while i think it's time to see you know at least a tease of what that is churro you know in term hypothetically speaking if we see a new kingdom hearts project do you think that's going to be middle game or is that that or is that going to be kingdom hearts 4 middle game the more already established fact that there will be a middle game yeah i think it. so as well i don't because, think this is the time for kingdom hearts 4 it's it's i wouldn't be surprised I would, i'd be more surprised if they did announce something you know kingdom hearts 4 ish yeah to me it's just not that time yet you know you know are just like i said finally finished kingdom hearts 3 this year with remind releasing yeah. you know he's going to be f- Doing, you know, finishing up seven remake, you know, so yep. basically it's either on to, you know, whatever the next Kingdom Hearts game is, you know, Dark Rose coming out soon because yep. we're, we're hitting the spring. So basically from there, it's either seven, you know, remake part two or the next Kingdom Hearts game. Basically, we all know that's going to be yep. unless some by God given miracle there's the world ends with you, too. <laughs> right. But I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, unless it's the world's end, the world ends with you too. A, a world of K- Kingdom Hearts Four, right? So yeah, yeah, it could be anything. Uh, I'll I'll also point out now. This would be like a real hail mary kind of a thing, real rare. I don't think it would ever happen. But sure, let's remember for a second back to two thousand three <laughs> Tokyo Game Show where they announced both. Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 2 at the same event. What a magical world that was. That, that was very that was very magical. I don't know if that's, you know, something that'll happen this time. But can but no more Honestly, it is something that happened. Honestly, with you saying that, you know, Nomura, you know, Nomura mentioned teams are working on multiple Kingdom Hearts projects. Yeah. That's still a possibility. Yeah, I mean, at the very least like an, an announcement can be anything. We got to remember that an announcement and, and, can be anything. And you got to remember, Square Enix is no stranger to announcing things very early. Oh yes, that is so true. So they can and, they can they can provide they can announce two projects. Yep, but only show off one. So yeah, we still- also have to keep in mind that uh, I I don't know. This is my opinion, but I feel like at this particular time frame. It's actually like a strategy for Square Enix. They do want to announce things too early. And the reason is uh, they want to support Sony and or Microsoft to sell a lot of consoles because it's very important for, for Sony and Microsoft to sell consoles because without consoles, they can't sell games. 
And that's the hardest thing about a new console generation is getting that install base up. And not only that, you have a a exclusivity too. You know, seven remake being a year exclusive on the PS4. You know, then it'd be released on anywhere else. You know, whether it's Xbox or PC. You know, then what if they do that with Kingdom Hearts? What if you know? Because you know how Remind came out first on PS4, then it came out on Xbox a month later. Yeah. So I would just say, you know, don't be surprised if we get like a random like visual works CG thing that's kind of similar to what we got at the end of Kingdom Hearts uh, Remind. Maybe it's like an extra clip that they also worked on that would be, you know, or maybe cert- we'll get something with like a E three twenty thirteen Kingdom Hearts three's first reveal. Yeah, yeah, it could be something as simple Just as that. Simple as that. But I think this time, unlike with that one, because that that demo, like, it, it was kind of like a target render for what they want. They were hoping Kingdom Hearts, the next Kingdom Hearts, to look like. I think now, because we do have, you know, Unreal Engine 4 as an established development platform, if they want to, like, quote-unquote, fake what Kingdom Hearts 4 would look like, they could absolutely do that pretty easily, even without uh, actual PS5 hardware, because Unreal Engine 4 runs just fine on PC, and PC is way more powerful than you know, the next gen consoles are. And I can tell you just from experience, there's a lot of features that they didn't use in Kingdom Hearts 3 that are in Unreal Engine 4. Like, uh, for example, like you hear a lot about ray tracing and all that stuff. Uh, Those are just like, that's just a feature that you can turn on in Unreal Engine 4 and just use it. You could just use it and make a video and just be like, all right, this is what Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to look like. And whether or not they actually keep to that, we don't know. We, we still don't know what, you know, PS5 games are actually going to look like, but if they wanted to fake, you know, a higher-end version of what Kingdom Hearts could look like, they could absolutely do that on just a PC and using Unreal Engine 4. Like, it's totally a possibility. So I think this time around, since they've already got Kingdom Hearts 3 under their belt and they already have a lot of assets that are at the quality that they're at now, uh, I think it would be a lot easier to, you know, uh, give a target for what a future Kingdom Hearts game could look like than it was back in 2013. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say regardless, Shiro, I do agree with you that, you know, probably biggest priority is middle game because that's that's got to be way further along than whatever Kingdom Hearts 4 is. Like, you gotta remember that Nomura is always, if you remember Nomura's past interviews and like Ultimania's, yeah, he always mentions that they always start the next project as soon as the the the, the project they work on ends. So basically, yep. absolutely, with, when they did it with Kingdom Hearts two, when you know when Kingdom Hearts two was releasing, he mentioned that as soon as Kingdom Hearts one was done, they were looking into what they were going to do next. So Nomura yep. always looks into the future, no matter what. Always, always, so. and obviously, all the content that was in Remind, like that, was all you know purposefully hinting at the future of the series so yeah he's clearly he's been thinking about it it's just a matter of how much development has already been done and how much of that like has there been any effect recently because of coronavirus that has like negatively impact development i would say personally 
if there's a game that's further along in development, if that's the middle game, I could see potentially that have being affected. But for something like Kingdom Hearts 4, I personally feel like that's probably still more in its conceptual stage. And if that's the case, then no, I don't think it's affected development because Nomura can always write and draw sketches and do stuff like that from home or from anywhere. So that's that wouldn't be affected. I would say big projects for Kingdom Hearts, probably not so affected by this stuff right now because it's probably still pretty conceptual at this phase. Smaller projects and or projects that are further along, those could be affected so far. But I mean... I don't know. Time will tell. I I think either way, Churro, let's keep our eyes on June. June seems like, uh, even though E3 is not going to happen, I'm sure a a lot of companies were already prepared, regardless of of what would happen to E3, to show stuff. Whether or not that's square, we don't know. But, I mean, hey, just in this Dengeki interview, Nomura was like, you know, there's going to be a project that comes to light soon, so... We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. So, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up our news segment. Now, moving on to our question segment. Our first question comes from Luis Bishop, and they ask, If you had a genie, what three Kingdom Hearts wishes would you wish for? Hmm. Does it, can, it, can it be, like, anything? It could be anything. Oh, wow. I guess no. Uh, well, I I guess and genie rules. You can't uh, you can't bring anyone back from the dead. Damn. You can't you can't make anyone fall in love with you. Damn. And you can't wish for more wishes. That's Dang. that's a, a genie from Aladdin. Oh man, it returns like 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 anything. Like even turns of development too, right? Sure, anything. God, I would love. I would actually love to see the Bahamut summon for Kingdom Hearts one. Oh, that would be awesome! I'm with you there, cause like, cause like, I remember uh, seeing that uh, like in like forums and stuff, and then yeah, me loading up my own like Game Shark, and then like put putting the option there, and then it just yeah. crashes every time it just does that, and I was just like, oh, like man. I wonder if it would have been like just copy paste from Final Fantasy X, or if it would have been like its own original thing, like how would it even control like. Man, what, what yeah, would he even do? One. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I, I guess, like, you know, if I'm thinking about the Final Fantasy X one, like, maybe you, you, maybe ride on its back and then fight, you know, make it attack, and maybe as it attacks, you're building up the overdrive gauge, and then finally, if you build it up, you can do a Mega Flare. But that's that's the best I could think of. Kind of no. like, kind of like, kind of like a combination of like Baymax and Kingdom Hearts three. Like you write yeah. in for a bit, then you just do the finisher when it's time's up. Yeah, I I definitely have a feeling that you know flying around like Baymax probably would have been pretty hard back in the Kingdom Hearts one days. But yeah, something. Uh, I definitely feel like you know, given that it was back in Final Fantasy ten time frame i definitely feel like there would have been an emphasis on building up a gauge to do mega flare yeah because because most because all the summons in kingdom hearts one were all like controlled on their own so basically yeah. you you were just there to you're, you're just like a guide you're just guiding them yeah yeah exactly so yeah something like that and then what would your next two wishes be kingdom hearts one 
Okay. All the, no, wait, no, 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 I actually expressed it. I would love to see all the Kingdom Hearts games redone Kingdom Hearts 3 style. Yes. Yeah, that would be good. Every single one of them would be great. Yeah, I'm 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 with you there. Uh I, I like for me, definitely my big wish would be to obviously have a yes. playable version of Deep yes. Dive. Yes, I know so, you say that. <laughs> you know, that your particular wish does include, you know, remaking 358 over 2. So by doing that, by default you get a playable version of Deep Dive. Now, I would say, though, I would want it, like, if you're going to go out of your way to remake it, like, make sure to actually remake that section to be more like the actual secret movie. I would say the same, actually, even for Birth by Sleep, like, I would want the Birth by Sleep, like, final battle section, I would want that to feel more like the the secret ending from Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Like, they did a good job on the PSP, don't get me wrong, it's just like, you know, if you if you have the opportunity to really do it up, like we're talking genie wish magic, I would say like yeah, go crazy, make it more like the uh, like the secret ending than than anything. Um, I would say even like it, I, I don't know how it would work story wise, but I'd somehow want to see like Terra and his uh, his orange eyes. I don't yeah. know how you'd work that in story wise. It just looks so cool when it happened. And I don't know what the context is quite yet. Maybe we'll get better context what causes Orange Eyes, you know, through King March Dark Road. But that's something I'd like to see because it was so cool in the in the secret ending. And it was kind of a shame that it didn't happen in the uh or actual game. And uh Chur, what's your last wish? This is more like on like the news side of things. Yeah. Like I know I know we've asked Nomura this question before in the end you know how in E three twenty fifteen when we yeah. did our little meet and greet with them, we asked him why was you know, why can't you do like updates like Final Fantasy fourteen or uh Final Fantasy yeah. fifteen? And he said which do because of, you know, due respect to Disney. Yeah. It's like I would love to see more periodic updates of King from the Kingdom Hearts series, like what they're working on, what they're doing. Yeah. Instead of just randomly dropping yep. news from like Dengenki or Famitsu, you know, or random dropping at like eleven o'clock at night, random screen jumps yeah. or trailers, it's, it's like at least random. have at least have some some sort of consistency yep. with how they release their information and also include you know some of like influencers or fan sites to help deliver that information too. Yeah, as well. that would be nice. You know, I just wish they would actually have more of a connection. I mean, they already do, you know, they already involve us in a lot of things, which I'm really, you know, happy about. And I, you know, love that they're doing that. But at the same time, I wish they can do more what they're doing. Yeah. I'll say uh, my my second wish would go in line with that. And I would want to, I want to see more behind the scenes stuff of Kingdom Hearts and not just from the higher level uh you know parts of the kingdom hearts team you know we usually see a lot from tetsuya nomura taiyasue uh shinji hashimoto when he was the uh, executive producer and then also uh voice actors like that's usually who we see is director director producer voice actor I want to see more from the lower level parts of the team. I want to see stuff from, you know, battle programmer, you know, concept artist, character artist, 
uh, animators. Like I want to know from that part of the development staff because they're the ones that are actually like building the parts of the game. Like I want to hear what they have to say about you know, what it took to develop the game. Now, their perspective on it's going to be very different because at the end of the day, the person whose vision is being realized is Tetsuya Nomura. He's he's the one who's crafting the vision of what these games are going to become. And it's these guys that are on the in the development staff and the production staff, they're realizing those ideas. And I know, you know, there's definitely a lot in that staff there's a lot of really talented people and occasionally we'll hear from some of them in like the in, in Kingdom Hearts 3 Ultimania there were a couple of interviews from people like that but it's very rare outside of the context of an Ultimania that you get that kind of insight and i also think like you know since working with disney is so difficult when it comes to revealing things like news cuz you have to get a lot approved I just like the idea that, okay, well, instead of that, like, tell me about games that already came out. Like, tell me behind the scenes on games that came out. Like, that shouldn't be too hard, should it? Like, I get that it's hard to talk about games as they're in production, but after they're done, like, everybody's seen everything. Like, That's why I, I like... But I, I, I do also understand, like, if there's, like, a particular... Like, for example, like, if there was behind-the-scenes talk about kingdom hearts 2 i would totally understand not wanting to talk about woody and buzz that they didn't get to put in i get that because that's behind the scenes deals that didn't go through i get that that's I'm talking I more love, about stuff we know about that's one of the things i loved about attending the uh, 2.5 launch event when they showed us the behind the scenes look yeah of the you know that you know the showing the showing of like sora's like you know form changes yeah you know and then the look of you know, Scala at Kylum before, you know, we even knew what it was. Yeah. You know, then Sora walking around, you know, in the chess, you know, in the, the library room where they're playing chess. So that's yeah. why I enjoyed stuff like that, you know, seeing things as they're coming along. Especially this was the time where it's like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 was, this was a tw- 2014. And this is when yeah. they just switched over to Unreal too. So yeah. they're just showing us like very early, early, early look of, how Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to look like and all that. So it's like... It's so rare that we uh, get anything like that for Kingdom Hearts at all. Yeah, and, you know, and Japan got their own version of it too with a D2-3 one year. You know, that's never going to be released. So basically, I just wish they were more... They should show more and be more public with that and be like, hey, you know, or like like they could show stuff like that now, you know, when the game's yeah. released, you know? So it's like, hey, you know, here's a look at what we shown back at, you know, the 2.5 launch event, you know? Yeah, and like, all right, here's a prototype of Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, like, especially for times like this where there's a lot less news and there's really nothing to talk about, like having a occasional regular, like, uh, you know, behind Kingdom Hearts update would be so cool. And and then, you know. then you gotta then you gotta remember like remember those uh, Disney programs with Kingdom Hearts two where they interviewed the voice actors yep. about yep. their characters and then they'll show them in the booth like like I would love to see like stuff from voice actors like yeah remember how I mean that stuff that stuff's cool like 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 anything you know like how that. you know what, like Naughty Dog did with the the Last of Us they showed behind the scenes of the motion yep. captures yep how it goes on and then they for the Last of Us four they had a Troy Baker who you know voices Sam Drake interview oh, yeah. Nolan North who does Nathan Drake, you know, kind of like back and forth interviewing with each other. 
you know, yep. I would love to see more things like that involved, not just like developers, but also the voice actors, the people involved with it. Yeah. So, because, you know, Kingdom Hearts is a very big property. You know, it's like Disney's yeah, it a huge, is. one of the biggest companies in the world. You know, I yep. would love to see what, you know, they prepare for for something like this. Yeah, it's surprising because, like, even, like, Disney movies get more coverage than Kingdom Hearts does. Like, Disney's very forthcoming, and Pixar as well. They're very forthcoming about the development process. You know, they'll show deleted scenes. They'll show, like, they'll they'll have, like, uh, you know, commentary tracks on the DVD where they'll talk about, like, what their ideas were as they were, you know, writing the story or designing the character or you know, ideas that they had for the movie that they scrapped. Like there's uh, on like DVD tracks of like even older Disney uh, films for their DVD releases. They, for like for Aladdin, they talked about the, a complete different version of the movie that they had where Aladdin had a mother and there was the song that they wrote for it. It was really beautiful called proud of your boy. I highly recommend if anyone's never heard that song, Go Google Aladdin, Proud of Your Boy. That would have been another huge Disney hit song if they actually used it. And it was written by Howard Ashman, who unfortunately during the production of Aladdin died of uh, HIV. And he was one of the writers of the songs from uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. And then he worked on a few songs from Aladdin, but unfortunately died during the production. And unfortunately... Uh, unrelated to that song, they had to change the story of Aladdin, and they unfortunately had to cut the mother because her part of the story wasn't uh, helping the you know the pacing. And because they cut the mother, they also had to cut the song, even though it was such a great song. Now that's a song that they since reworked back into the Broadway production, but like that's the kind of thing that you never hear anything like that out of Kingdom Hearts, like. There was this big thing that we were working on, but we couldn't put it in. Like, I don't know if for them it's like, like too painful to talk about that stuff, about things that weren't successful. Maybe it's just a cultural difference, but I don't know. Come coming from an American perspective, you know, there's there's beauty in failure and and triumph, and seeing how people overcome, you know, difficulties, and especially in times like this where. You know, it's it's definitely hard to make new content to show that's at a showable state that you can put out for press release. I get that. So maybe in the interim, it would be nice to see, you know, stuff that was old that we'd never seen before. And I'm sure there's a ton of that for Kingdom Hearts. I guess my last Kingdom Hearts wish, if I had one, is... I want Billy Zane to revoice every time Ansem comes on screen in all the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's my last one. I'm just wondering why, like, I think it, I guess he was, he was expensive, but like, man, that would have been pretty awesome. Yeah, he was I expensive. Mean, and also, I know at some point he was like blacklisted in Hollywood. I don't know if that had anything to do with anything for Kingdom Hearts, but I don't know. I just really love Billy Zane and his performance in kingdom hearts one not crapping on richard epcar's performance i i would also say richard epcar he's been getting even better over the course of the games and kingdom hearts 3 was absolutely his best performance you know doing all the roles he does i'm just saying and some from kingdom hearts one is just otherworldly how good it is like 
can't be beat. So good. I would love to see what he would have done with the character if he had, you know, the chance to do it. So just putting that out there. And uh, yeah, uh, Chara, if you could take this next question. Okay, we get Archangel Archangel Galactic? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I, when I first looked at it, it looked weird to me, but sorry. <laughs> yeah. Archangel Galactic writes, Do you think Utada will return to Kingdom Hearts in the next saga? If not, who would you want to replace her? I think she will return. But if she didn't return, mm, I guess, I, I mean, there's a couple options. You could go for, okay, now we just don't do voiced or sung songs anymore for the opening. That that That's an option. Uh, another option could be to go for another Japanese artist that can sing in English. Or... You could go the Final Fantasy Ten Two route, where you have the same song, but two different singers. You have a Japanese singer do the Japanese version, and then an English singer do the English version. Or you could go the Final Fantasy Thirteen route, where the Japanese version gets a Japanese song, and the English version gets an awful English song. Or you could go the Final <laughs> Fantasy Fifteen route, where you get a famous english performer to do an english song and everybody gets that english song sure which of those options would you prefer if if it must be changed i prefer 15s around because i'd rather them select an artist that's you know known respected and good Mm -hmm. to do the same song for both you know the, the western audience and the japanese audience yeah, the only thing that I didn't like about 15's thing was that it wasn't an original song, that it was a cover of Stand By Me. I get it that Japanese people, they have a very strong connection to Stand By Me and Road Trips. It's a thing here. It's not necessarily a thing in Japan, but they do have a very strong thing. It's all related. To, there's that movie called Stand By Me. I don't know if you've ever seen it, where it's those boys that are, uh, you know, running away from home and you know there's that famous scene of them walking on the train tracks by the way if anybody wondered uh that's the movie that's being referenced in pokemon red and blue when you go and look at the tv and then uh it's like talking about boys walking on the train tracks and then you go talk to your mother and then your mother says all boys leave home someday it said so on tv which is a very bad translation of the fact that oh i was watching the movie stand by me and it's like oh I, yeah i guess boys leave home someday but she was like in the english translation it sounds like it's all boys leave home someday it said so on tv like as if it was like she was watching a news report about boys leaving home and it's like oh a uh, recent trend has been that boys leave home <laughs> like that's what it comes off like but no japan and stand by me me that movie there's a very strong connection I don't know why, but yeah, getting back to the topic of Utada and music, uh, and if, you know, who I would want to replace, uh, Utada, um, yeah, I do like the idea of famous artists. That's fine. I would just want it to be a song that's made for Kingdom Hearts, regardless of whatever it is. Like it, I think Kingdom Hearts is big enough that it deserves an original track. So whoever it is. The thing is, uh, like, 
I, I love the fact that Utada was still dedicated to do it, despite all yeah. the rumors about her, you know, not being paid enough by Disney, yeah. you know, and all that. But it's like, you got to realize that back then, uh, Utada was still managed by her her father. Yeah. So she he made a lot of choices for her. But now that, you know, it's been a long time since Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, yeah. Utada's like blossomed to, you know, a very strong woman. Yeah, you know, now she makes her own decisions. So it's like, it's kind of nice to see her, you know, do this on her own. And then, yeah. you know, and then even get, you know, talked to you by Skrillex, you know, because yeah. remember what Nomura said in his interview about Utada? Like, he's like, I was very surprised to see Utada not make not one, but two different songs. Yeah. So she, like, yeah, I would definitely, yeah, to echo what you're saying, like, if anything, right now, Utada seems more dedicated to Kingdom Hearts than she ever was, so... Yeah, she's definitely matured, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, do I, do I think Utada will return? Yes. Do I want her to be replaced? No. If if she was replaced... If I had to pick a Japanese artist, I'd, I'll, I'll just go and say uh, Perfume, which they're, they're uh, uh, three like a small three group girl group that they're really cute and they do, they do idol style music, but it's real. It's not like AKB 48. It's very mature and it's really great. I highly recommend it. You know, check out perfume. Unfortunately, they're a little old and they might even be like, they're, they're maybe only slightly younger than Utada is. So (laughs) I don't know if they would be the best choice, but they, they have a really great music producer. He makes all their songs. He's like very famous in Japan. Uh, if you guys know Kyari Pamyu Pamyu, it's the same producer. Like, he's really good. I echo you the same thing, too. But my pick would be, I just love uh, the woman who did Persona 4's theme song. Yeah, yeah. Persona 4, like, she has such a great voice. She's definitely my favorite Persona singer. Uh, she's not good at English, but... Her singing voice is really good, but then, but then it would go. Then, then now I have to change my choice to having a Japanese singer do the Japanese version and do an English singer do it. Yeah, that 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 could probably be a good option. But uh, yeah, I guess that covers that question. Uh, last question for this episode: Andy Gunter asks, "So, what classic Disney World would you want to revisit in a future Kingdom Hearts title?" And I, I'm, I'll just assume that. You know, classic means like, you know, let's Older let's Kingdom just Hearts. say PlayStation Two generation, Kingdom Hearts One, Kingdom Hearts Two, one of those. And I guess by revisit, you know, you could kind of think of it like kind of what happened with Olympus in uh, Kingdom Hearts Three. Same world, same characters, but different areas. New adventure. Oh, you know what I would love to see? Yeah. Tron. Oh, yeah. Tron and a new perspective, new storyline, kind of like, you know, Big Hero 6, you know, yep. like like sequel that takes place after Tron Legacy. Yes. Finally, because like originally they were supposed to develop a a new Tron series for Disney Plus, but that got scrapped. So I was like, Namara, yep. please do do it yourself. Yeah, they keep they're they're keep being like all these Tron projects that get canceled. And I'm just like. Come on, like at least in Kingdom Hearts, I know the Tron Legacy world wasn't perfect in 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 3D, but like on the whole, the storyline is so gripping, and like 
Sora's relationship to Tron and, you know, now Rinsler, and I guess he maybe returned to back to being Tron, like that whole dynamic was so strong and palpable and like so amazing. It could, it could like, even it could even be something where it's like they try to find Tron because because you know the last we yeah. saw him was that he fell down that hole and then we never saw him again. That's yeah, you know, assuming that he died from that. But like you know, considering it's Kingdom Hearts, you know, yeah. they don't really die. So I'm I'm totally down with the idea that Kingdom Hearts is a new branch of the tron storyline and in kingdom hearts's branch they can save tron i mean they were able to rescue baymax and that's that's literally what we want is them to rescue the character from the movie and they allowed them to do that for big hero 6 why can't they do it for tron so, I, would, I, would, I would love to see that's tron. that's that's a really strong picture uh, i'm with you there um it, it, you know, just to pick a, a slightly different one, um, I I know we kind of already had this adventure, but I, I just want to see Lion King done proper, like, full story if possible. I, I know the time skip would be difficult. I'm just saying, like, Lion King as a whole, great movie. But we just had, we had, we came in at like such a sad part of the movie that it just it didn't feel like everything that I wanted out of Lion King, you know. So maybe if we got like a Dream World type version, you know, kind of like how in um, Dream Drop Distance, how all those worlds, you know, you know, like with Pinocchio. In the Pinocchio yeah. world, that was the full story. We even went back to Monstro. We had the full journey over the course of Riku's side and Sora's side. And uh, Sora's side, not maybe not the full full journey, but more of it. And like pretty much, you know, the main story of, of the movie. So maybe that could be an opportunity to do Lion King in full. You know, just an idea. Uh, I, I just want more out of. Lion King. I liked it in Kingdom Hearts 2, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. So that you could say the same for Toy Story. I want I want a Toy Story One world. I want the Toy Story One story. I know Pixar is very protective of it, but I want to see it. God, I would love to go back to. Honestly, I would love to go back to Neverland. Ah, yeah. Ah, oh, man, Neverland. Come that's... on, flying and flying mechanic in Kingdom Hearts Three. Come on. Uh... Yeah, that's I mean they did a really good job with the swimming mechanic, so we got to we got to get a flying mechanic in the next game. All right, so I think that pretty much wraps up our episode for today. Our music epi- our music for this episode is as follows. We have a cover of Traverse Town, a jazz cover by Insane in the Rain Music. Now, like I'm pretty sure we've had Insane in the Rain like over the course of the past few years, occasionally on our uh, podcast. But I just want to say this channel has like totally blown up in popularity. They are constantly releasing covers. They're doing all these amazing big productions now as well. Like they, uh, there's that guy, uh, family jewels. Who's that guitar guy? They got him and a jazz band and then some singers. And they did a cover of uh, Pollyanna from mother. Uh, the original Mother One, you know, from the Earthbound series. So, and that was so amazing. So, I just want to like give a shout out to them. Insane in the Rain Music. It's been really a pleasure to see how they've grown as a YouTuber and music artist. So, 
definitely check out their channel. We're going to feature their cover on this episode. And uh, our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 21st of April. As always, if you guys like the show, uh, uh, if you like Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, uh, please uh, subscribe to us on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yay. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, it is goodbye time. Wow. We had a productive episode today. Yeah, big episode. Surprise, surprise. And then watch watch the next one be nothing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, well, man. well before I say my goodbye, yeah. we, have, we have the Union Cross anniversary coming up yep do you think we'll get anything like dark road maybe i mean yeah maybe dark road i mean there we've already been getting quite a bit in union cross there's been quite a bit of uh story updates going on so far so uh yeah true i i think it might be worth keeping an eye out on union cross i would also say like especially if you're in quarantine and you've never played Union Cross. This might actually be a good chance to do it. It's really long. It'll take you forever. Unfortunately, some parts will be boring, but hey, there's actually a lot of story there. If you've never experienced it, I do recommend like, this is actually a good time to do it. So, uh, And the most important part is you don't have to do every single mission one by one. Yeah, you don't. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, this could be a, a, an opportunity to do that. At the very least, like if you want to go through the story cutscenes on YouTube, you could also just do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe Square Enix doesn't want to hear that, but th- that is an option. So, but yeah, I'll All also right. say, hey, Churro, uh, seven remake, seven, seven remakes remake. coming. I'm excited. Less uh, than a week. Less than a week. So uh, I think yeah, at the time that this releases, it's still uh, pre. 7 Remake release. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's all have a good time playing 7 Remake. I hope you all get your copies if you ordered physical. Uh, I'm digital, so I'll be playing on I'm the digital time, too. So. Yeah, let's all uh, let's all enjoy this. You know, I'm sure we got a lot of Final Fantasy fans out there. So, uh, yeah, let's have a good time. Alright, Charles, say your goodbyes. Alright, bye guys. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you always for your support. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.